This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we came across some audio that Colin recorded in one of our final meetings of 2019. At the end of last year, we were ready to close the business. We've had a lot of ups and downs in our career, but at the end of last year, it really felt like it was over. On this episode, we talked through everything that was going on behind the scenes in the last months of 2019, and then what happened in early 2020 when everything turned around. Now, as you can all see, things have drastically changed in our lives and in our business since then. We moved into a brand new studio this week. We've started hiring. Our channel is growing. We have multiple long-term partnerships with brands, and we also just launched pre-sale for our first online storytelling course. And we actually have an exclusive code for our podcast listeners. If you're interested in purchasing our online course, the code is tell better stories. That's all lowercase, tell better stories. That's all one word, all lowercase. And the link for the course is in the description. You can also just go check it out. It's on Moment's website. If you go to shopmoment.com and go to lessons, you'll see our course. The course will officially be available on July 29th, but if you buy it now, it's discounted. And if you use the code tell better stories, it'll be even more discounted. If you want to check that out and learn from us how we view storytelling on YouTube and just storytelling in general, you can check that out on Moment's website. Link is in the description for this podcast. So before we get going in this episode, we are going to play you this audio recording that Colin has on his phone from one of our final meetings in October of 2019. I was talking to my brother about how... 30 to 35 happens really fast. And that's where I was just talking to him about finances, about how overwhelming it is. If I wanted to have a kid in four years, and I'm thinking about it with you, you obviously need to prep far. You're like hyper focused. I think for me too, having zero funds, I gotta move way past sustaining myself because I'm barely sustaining. Yeah. Like I gotta move way past sustaining into saving, which in a matter of four years to a point where I could be like, if I would like to have a child. Okay, if I really had to make money today, like I really have to make money. I would like get a job, yeah. or if I was gonna continue doing freelance, I would just make it known that I'm open for business. Right. Like I can do video editing, I can yeah. film, I can do graphic design, right. but I'm like doing neither of those. Right. Cause we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And so it's like, it's crazy. It's just... I think that's where we have to decide on the swings. We've gone through this a couple times. I, there's, there's part of me that thinks that Colin and Samir is not a company right now no it doesn't make any money it doesn't have a business plan it doesn't do anything outside of house super confusing. it's a bank account yeah but yeah i mean the thing that gives me anxiety is like i don't have a career but i don't know if that's just me telling myself that story and like i can't actually tell what we, you and i are doing but we're actually keep we keep leveling up a little bit a little bit a little bit as storytellers like that's the truth of this year we've leveled up Totally. Multiple times as storytellers this year. I just think everything we thought was going to happen is taking a lot longer than we could have imagined. It's just not what we thought it was. I think we thought we were going to be sitting in Soho House with people like sliding us a piece of paper that said like one million dollars, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, like here's yeah. your deal. I think I imagined that we would be in a creative office space and we had like three or four employees. But see, that, that could happen. We're just on the path there and it's really far it's not close we're very dynamic as filmmakers we also then have like our youtube stuff which you could like samsung could get really excited about us as filmmakers and guys who are telling yeah docs and then you're like oh i do have this creative office and jesse leon sits in there and runs our instagram and like you know what i mean like it's just taking way longer than you could have anticipated but the crazy thing is we're not nowhere which is really crazy. Like feels when I wake up in the morning that I'm nowhere. 
that I'm like standing in a field and nothing's around me. I just wake up and I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah. I understand that. I feel that way too, man. Like it's, it, I feel that way all the time. I don't know what the other, like the other world doesn't, also doesn't feel like the savior to me. Yeah. The thing is though, for me, like something has to be a savior. Yeah. So we'll see what it is. But here's the reality. We're in a situation where we do have a couple more months. Yeah. You know, of course you're right. Something has to be the savior. You cannot in two months yeah. say, I'll take zero dollars for the next six months. Yeah. That cannot happen. Yeah. I think we know that probably the personalities of you and I are not such that we're going to become influencers. So this is the only thing that can happen is like long-term development on projects. Yeah. And I think both of us know that filmmaking isn't the answer, but filmmaking could give you the platform. And if this film doesn't work and we make the bread thing and you know, we do a couple ads and we're just like, this really doesn't make sense. Like at this point, I feel like we're at the point where we're really close to just saying, let's move on. We should recognize that there's never going to be a good time to end. You know, something's always going to come up when we're about to end. But this movie to me feels like it's talking to us. There's a, like, look at the front page. It's fucking crazy. And you never know, by next week, this could not be an opportunity. Yeah, let's just... Ryan could be like, hey, Mike just signed on with WME and they have a director that's really good. Totally. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But for some weird fucking reason, we're the guys. It's our movie to lose. Record that? Yeah, of course. Wow. I was like, what are you doing? Not recording this. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that was how many months ago now? That was uh, October. 10 months. Almost. 10 no, months? No, no, that's wrong. Is that wrong? Yeah, what? October's not in two months. That was nine months ago. Yeah, nine months ago. Nine months ago. How much has changed in nine months? That is crazy. Yeah, so to set some context, that was nine months ago in Samir's house, and we were working on a pitch for a film uh, about Mike Posner, the musician, and his walk across the country. And the film was titled Keep Going. So when I reference, look at the look at the front page of our deck, front page of our deck was Mike Posner walking with the two big words that said keep going. Now for us at this point in our business, uh, we were a month and a half away from Samir traveling uh, to India for a month in December and from me uh, going home for Christmas time. Mm -hmm. We had no new advertising on the books. We, we just didn't have any projects and we were running in a, in a, a couple different directions. We were trying to explore continuing on. We had made two documentary films last year. We were thinking maybe that was the path that we were going down. But really our, our background was in YouTube and, and working with creators and building YouTube brands. Uh, it, it, we had just ended up becoming documentarians, which is something that we love. Uh, it's unscripted, you know, long form storytelling. But the YouTube stuff wasn't taking off. The documentary stuff was like not that much money and pretty hit or miss. You just can't bet that. It, I mean, it may never pay you back. It just also didn't feel, I mean, for me personally, it just didn't feel right. I didn't feel right in my own skin being like a pure documentary filmmaker. Like totally. I love docs, but I just didn't, like coming from creating a brand on YouTube and selling a company and, and building like a, a, a brand, uh, it, it felt like confusing what we were doing. Um, a little bit tough to time. think about spending three months on a project before anything even gets close to coming out. Yeah, you know, that just was not our style. Yeah, and and to, and to be honest, the, the money was like not 
not great. Like it's yeah. like you 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 kill yourself for three months and you make like okay money. Yeah. So I think uh, the thought at the time though was that this documentary, uh, sort of because of the somewhat high profile mm-hmm. nature of it, that this could be, you know, a launching pad platform for us to eventually lead to other opportunities to yeah. monetize. But at this point we didn't really have the time. Yeah. I think, I think the truth was we always wanted YouTube to take off because we've worked in YouTube for 10 years and we've always known that YouTube is, is the thing that we want. Like that's been the thing that I've wanted since we, we left our company. I was like, we're leaving because we have a lot of potential to build something again that has to do with YouTube. So I think for me, it was like grasping on to certain projects that could keep the lights on and keep us moving, but really not understanding how YouTube was going to grow, you know, because it was, it's so hard for us to make content on YouTube. Yeah. And in that clip, I'm specifically talking about my finances at the time and how I'm, you know, really struggling month to month as we're starting to cut our payroll uh, in half each month. Right. I think we were doing smaller payrolls back then or we weren't even doing payroll. No, we did payroll. We did payroll at the end of last year. Um, but I stopped taking payroll. You had stopped taking payroll. Yeah, I stopped taking payroll for a couple months. So and we had payroll slotted until January. Yeah. Yeah. So it was October, end of October. I was leaving for a month to India in December. So and like the holidays were about to hit in a couple weeks for Thanksgiving, we had no new advertising. So we knew basically the money was going to run out in January. Confirmed. Like, Mm -hmm. money's done in January. And at that point, again, I'm the only one taking a paycheck, which is a really sort of weird and already kind of uh, disheartening sort of situation for a business to be in, I think, when there's only two of us. I mean, it just feels like... The sense of urgency should never be greater, I think, than when you're at that point and only one of us is taking money from the business because that's all we can kind of afford. Yeah, I think the thing that didn't concern me as much as the lack of understanding of how we were going to like what we were building. We just I didn't feel like we had a strong vision. Like if we were building something and we were like, oh, wow, we're. We just need a couple months and we're going to be on the path. Then you do whatever it takes in a business. But the thing that scared me was we had no idea how we were going to do anything. Like nothing was working. Nothing was adding up. Nothing felt right. Everything felt wrong. Every time we made a video, it was like, I don't know. Was that right? Was that wrong? Was it like everything? And then we would sign up for these long form documentaries that would just kill us. Like we would not sleep. We would be like, what are we doing? Lifestyle-wise, it was challenging. They like, would give us a little bit more runway, another month yeah. or two of existence. Or it was almost like bad when a project would come along because it would just, it was like elongating our like slow demise. Our you slow know? death. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and it was just like, I knew every, everything was so wrong that I think after this conversation, what I'm talking about at the end is like, this is our movie to lose. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and like the, the pitch went great uh it's one of my favorite decks we've ever put yeah, together i thought we planned pitch. out the story really well and we did get to a point where we were somewhere near the top of the list i would imagine i think we were the no we were the top of the <laughs> list it just didn't 
didn't pan out. The movie didn't pan out. Like it didn't happen. It relies on talent and label and like so many different people to say, yeah, so the movie just didn't happen. Um, and I then flew to India and I think right before I flew to India, we just decided, I remember we went to Malibu and we sat and we were like, let's, let's figure this out. And we just decided like, all right, it's over. Let's yeah. move on. Like, let's move on. We could make some videos here and there. You, you, we had talked about, all right, Colin's going to move to Philly. You know, you were like, I, I want to move back to the East coast. All right, we'll keep the channel up, we'll make some videos whenever we want. That's how we'll stay connected. And yeah, uh, I started applying for jobs. You started applying, I started for, applying jobs. for jobs. <laughs> this is in December. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. When I left, I, I applied for some jobs. I came by the time I came back in January, I was interviewing. I was I had two to three interviews at companies. Like I was I was like, all right. I remember, though, there was this interesting feeling for me in early, early January when I was interviewing that it just felt off like something felt off i mean it was all so uncomfortable i was like i haven't been in this position actually ever never yeah. interviewed for a job i didn't interview until january until actually things had started to change but not fully uh we were working with samsung but still i think it was a little bit unknown of what the next year was fully going to look like yeah um, and that's when I started interviewing and, and also kind of a weird situation where it was just this internal discussion of, is, is this my future? Yeah. I, I just had this feeling when I was interviewing, I was like, this is cool, but like, I'm going to just do whatever y your thing is. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had this weird thought. I was like, wait, what? I'm down to do like that. That sounds cool, but really it's just whatever you want to do I'll, yeah. I'll just do that and uh yeah i mean my my process was like not so different from the stuff that we were doing like i had to put together a development deck for a show uh that i was going to manage and produce and build out a division of a company out here for a uh, podcast division of a company and Super interesting opportunity, honestly. Like it, something I I could have seen myself doing, but it's it was just something that didn't feel right. And then, you know, when was it? You came back out in January, yeah, because so we I, we had to make a couple videos. I was moving. January was the last month that I had my my lease, uh, so I was coming out from January first to January eighteenth, uh, just to really pack up the rest of my stuff, work on a couple videos. We made a goodbye video, sort of, at that point. Yeah, didn't we make our anchor? Oh no, no, that was in February when you you had to come back. Out oh, I was flying okay. back and forth all yeah, the time. Yeah. So in January, right before you took off on your drive back, your mom flew out, and right before you took off on your drive back, that's when we got the email from Samsung. And I had to fly back a yeah, week later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they were like, "Why don't you? Why, why don't we work together on Unpacked, which is their big announcement? Like, we'd love to use it as a testing ground to see if we want to yeah. strike a relationship." We started going down the path. Colin had to fly. He got to New Jersey and you flew right back. Drove home and flew back yeah. about four days later. Flew right back. Got to San Francisco. Had this amazing experience. I mean, when you're working with like a global brand, it's unbelievable. Like black car service to the airport. Uh, beautiful hotels. Yeah. The universe was saying, come back. Yeah. It was just like, wow, this is incredible. We, we like did it. We had an amazing project with them. Then while we were sitting in a hotel in San Francisco, they hand us a contract for a year-long partnership and I remember seeing the that contract and you and I went on a walk right after and we were like 
Holy smokes. <laughs> oh my God. This is literally everything we've been talking about yeah, for we're, years. We're in San Francisco having yeah. a coffee, walking around yeah. with it's the everything. potential to lock in a year long contract that would really allow us to, yeah, it was, you know, it was insane. Like I, I remember that time in January being so insane. Um, just because it was like, of course, literally when we're like, this is done. All we're my stuff on. is moved. <laughs> this is the actual, like, I know we made a podcast called Fuck It, Let's Get Jobs, but this was the real Fuck It, Let's Get Jobs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, all your stuff was moved. You were literally moved to the East Coast. I was sleeping at your house when I would come yeah. to L.A. on the couch. Yeah. And then it was just like, all right, we got a year-long partnership with Samsung. We decided to sign it. And I think at that time we were still like, maybe you'll just, like, fly back every once in a while for us to do this. Yeah, I had a pretty good idea that that wasn't going to work. Yeah. That type of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of sensed that too, because I was like, this is more business than we've ever serviced as Colin and Smear. So in what world could I be living across the country In what world are we doing this part-time? Yeah. Yeah. And additionally, we had also signed a year-long partnership with Storyblocks, um, which has, they've been an amazing partner to us, but uh, we had only done one-off videos with them, but then they were like, you know what, we want to commit to you guys for a year. And it was like, Okay, now we have two year-long partnerships. And like we mentioned in our most recent YouTube video, when you get a year-long partnership, what's so dynamic about it as a creator is you get recurring revenue. You can bank on revenue every month. When you can do that, now you have like a, a base of money that you can plan for for 12 months. And that means not only salaries, but you can be like, oh, now we can get support from editors. And that means we can make more content. And that means we could get an office and a, a space to make videos. And that means we can invest in more gear and we can, and you can plan your months to actually build something and experiment with content. Yeah. And you can take, take some risks with some of that money to hopefully build and grow mm-hmm. as opposed to only taking the revenue you're making to sustain your living. Uh, Cause then you're, you're not making money. You're just working to survive. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, a, a lot of startups, they raise money for this exact purpose, to have a base of revenue, to be able to build a team, to support an idea. The interesting thing about us is the only idea was like, we like making videos together. We think we're good at <laughs> yeah. something here. Yeah. That was like, the, that was basically the idea, which is what scared me um, a lot even about that was like, you know, the last time we went about this, there was an idea. Yeah. And raising money and when we got acquired and there was money involved and now we could actually build a foundation everything went towards building that idea. This time, I think even January, February, March, we just knew we were good filmmakers. It's not until recently that it's like, oh, I get what we're building now. At least for me personally. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. But, you know, obviously you fast forward to to today and I just shared the stat with you, but in the past 28 days, we've gained 13,000 subscribers. Uh, our, Our views are up like crazy, we, we've we've uh, gotten outreach from people that I think I couldn't have even imagined would watch our videos or reach out to us. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, October to now, like what is your whole, ta- what is your journey through this? Because you're the one, I'm still here in LA. I've been in LA the whole time. I haven't left. Yeah, and it probably physically. didn't feel too different for you. It didn't feel something. that different. And also I think, Right when it flipped on, even though I felt a little scared around like, okay, now we have to craft an idea, 
I, I kind of flipped back into that mode of just like, okay, this is more comfortable for me now. Now that I have a base and can play a little bit, this is exactly where I want to be as an entrepreneur, as a creator. I was like, now we can create efficiencies. Now we can create programming. Now we can actually make something. Yeah, I think that feeling uh, is has been the best part of you know the last nine months of coming to that feeling of, uh, you know, obviously the year-long partnerships allow for that feeling of, okay, now we're actually building a business. Let's not always act scared. Like, mm-hmm. let's not make moves when we're scared because we don't have the money. Yeah. Let's uh, trust ourselves uh, and take some swings here. And, and we're both starting to see a vision, I think, for how this can build into a company that's bigger than ourselves, bigger than just a YouTube channel. And that's the most exciting thing because I, I know that that's what we had when we were at the Lacrosse Network, our first company, uh, this feeling of this isn't just Colin and Samir Industries. Yeah. This is a community uh, and this is something that is very exciting to be building day to day. And when you wake up in the morning, you have a better idea of what it's going to take to push it forward. Mm-hmm. And it's just from a purpose standpoint, that's huge to wake up and have a little bit more of a purpose and an understanding of that purpose. And then you can mix in the enjoyment, right? Because we always had a good time. We always have a good time doing what we're doing. But without purpose, it's a lot harder to enjoy it. Yeah, it's a lot harder to and enjoy also, the work of it. Without a compass, you you don't know where you're putting your energy. You're just throwing energy out there and it's not going into the same bucket. I, I always used to have this vision of us like in an open field, just digging a bunch of holes, but they were all like one inch deep. Nothing was actually like we weren't making anything of actual depth. It was just all like a bunch of things that were happening at once. And what's interesting now is like, now I feel like we're our, our energy is starting to finally funnel in one direction and be like, oh, okay, this is what we have to do first. And then we can build on top of that. And it's just so exciting to be in that place, especially to listen back to where we were. Because I think we both know, I mean, obviously you can hear it in our conversation. We kind of knew, or we had some level of hope and understanding that something could happen. Like something felt off. It was like, we're, we're, we love doing this. We have a lot of passion. We feel like we're good at it. We've gotten validation from people that we are good at it. But nothing's, nothing's clicking. And the amazing thing is that it's not that our clarity and our clear vision and our clear purpose came first. It's actually the brand partners believing in us that gave us the space to create clarity and purpose. That is so true. It's such a humbling realization that brands came in first and truly saved what we're doing and extended, gave us more life to now be where we are right now. I mean, it's just like, it's an unbelievable thing, honestly, that those, you know, Storyblocks and Samsung came in before I think we really knew who we were. Long before. They, long they, before. And granted, I say long before, it was, you know, six months ago. But I could, we couldn't have told you six months ago if they had asked us, what's your vision? We couldn't have told them very clearly and concisely what our vision is yeah. at that time. Totally. Yeah, no, we couldn't have. And I think uh, that's now, you know, where I'm starting to feel much more comfortable and having this, this amazing experience now of building something again, but building something now where I feel like, like really strong and stable on my own two feet. Like, I don't feel 
scared anymore, which is so exciting. And now like, you know, I, I come from a very entrepreneurial family. Like I talk to my dad every day and the types of conversations we get to have now are just so exciting. And like the type of advice that he gives me and the type of, uh, thinking that I get to do on a daily basis and risks that we get to take, like, it's just so fun. It's literally the best part. Like I, I forgot what it felt like to slowly build something. And occasionally like this week, I really had to take a look back because of these big metrics that we we've hit and we've broken through. I mean, 13,000 subscribers in 28 days means that 10% of our entire subscriber base has come in the past 28 days. 10% of all the people who have followed us in the past four and a half years have come in the past 28 days. Yeah, that's wild. So you think about how long it took us to get to 130,000, right? It took four and a half years. It's such a puzzle and there's to, so many factors. To get from 130 to 140, it's taken three days. To get from 140 to 150, if we keep making the right choices, which I think we are, we're understanding ourselves better, which is translating to video, it might take shorter. To get to 200, which is our goal for this quarter, it's actually possible. Totally. It all feels possible. We set a bunch of metrics for every platform. Yeah. And they're all starting to feel a little bit more possible. But YouTube is the main platform yeah. right now. It's our funnel. It's just... Uh, it's just so incredibly exciting, but I, I definitely think that that is something um, that's that's really amazing that the that these brands came in, just saw potential in us, and gave us a platform. You know that's that takes a lot of guts as a brand, I think. Totally. I mean, and there are definitely people at those brands who fought for us. Some of them, we know we know who they are. Yeah. Uh, and it's humbling. We're extremely grateful. Yeah, and I think what what also is important is to go back in time. And I'm sure there's some people listening being like, keep talking about Samsung. It's like a massive global brand. How did that happen? Um, if you weren't wondering that, now hopefully you are, because I'm going to tell you. Uh, but <laughs> basically, way back a couple of years ago, um, we were coming up with different ideas for our YouTube video. And, I, you know, we, we've always been massive Casey Neistat fans. And when Casey's company got... Uh, Casey's company Beam got acquired by CNN and they started making YouTube videos. Casey used to do this series on his channel called, he would always do like a comprehensive review of something. And I remember I was in Portland uh, up in the mountains writing and I wrote down, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be a fun video. Cause I like, I really wanted Casey to watch one of our videos like very badly. I was like, I just want this guy to watch our videos. <laughs> and uh, I just wrote down like a comprehensive review of Beam News. And I was like, that's interesting because that's doing his thing to his thing. That would be fun. And I remember making that video, having a lot of fun making that video and um, putting it out and immediately getting contacted by Beam. I mean, all of the employees on their personal yeah. channels within the first two hours we're talking about it. We're, were commenting on the video and that was really exciting. And that was our first iteration of what is now the breakdown. It was our first iteration of like taking something that's happening in YouTube digesting it and creating like a video essay about it. I still think that's actually one of the best videos on our channel. I watched it the other day. It's a fun video. It's a very fun video. Yes, I watch our own videos. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, among other YouTubers videos. Listen, I don't feel shame about it. Katie gives me a lot of flack for watching her own videos. But here's what I say. Like, my dad obsesses over his garments that he makes. He's in the clothing business. He obsesses over them. He looks at how they're made, the quality of them, and he constantly thinks about ideas on how to improve upon them. Videos are our products. It happens to be that we're the hosts of our videos, so we're constantly staring at ourselves. But that's how I feel. Like, I even watched, I did a YouTube story this week, and this morning I watched it a couple times, and I was like, how could I do this better? It's like being an athlete and watching film back, right? You don't want to make the same mistake again and again. Yeah. And you want to take with you the things that were good. That Beam video was a good video, mm -hmm. and there are things in that that we should be doing now, right? Like, yeah. So the reason I bring up the Beam video outside of the uh, just narcissism of us watching yeah, our own videos. Yeah, let's just continue the self-praise. Ta talking about how dope they are. <laughs> when we watch um, our own videos and how dope that is. Um, but the Beam video led us then to meeting employees at Beam. One of those employees was Jack Coyne. Uh, Beam shut down. We went on a road trip with Jack. The Jack Coyne Chronicles is probably our biggest coming out party on YouTube as filmmakers where we were finally you know on the trending page we were being seen by a lot of creators people thought our videos were good they were intrigued by us we then got to go to 368 a couple months later and meet some people at 368 one of which who used to work at Samsung he after two years after meeting him recommended us to Samsung when they were launching Team Galaxy we started getting invited to events because of that. So you just think it took four years for it to happen. But we, it, even after we started getting invited to Samsung events, and then we would get invited to dinners with some of the other Team creators, Galaxy members, yeah. I remember you and I having conversations thinking, they just maybe they just like having us at dinner yeah, because yeah. we can talk to everyone and they're not interested in a partnership. We used to right. say that all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't, there's no shot. That yeah. We're just, you know. But I think we were also, I remember myself just being like down on ourselves. Totally. Generally. Like not being able to properly manifest something at that time. The only thing I could manifest was more negativity. Because yeah. I was feeling negative about what we were doing. There was, there was uh, hints of positivity, achievement, and like little things that would happen that were like, ooh. But then it would spiral back in. When we would start making YouTube videos again, it would spiral back into like, what, the what are we doing? What's going yeah. on? How could they possibly want to sign a deal with us? You know, that, those were the thoughts in my head. Like what makes us the guys for this? What's interesting though, when you said that uh, in that recording that we played at the beginning of this podcast, that maybe Samsung. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Is that was a different tune. And I think... A lot of times for me, or not a lot of times, but specifically these past four years, I think of myself as like, you know, I, I critique myself a lot on my leadership and my ability to like actually be a, the, the right, I don't know, person for the person that I am in our relationship, uh, which is. I think a lot of times that a lot of my self-doubt, which was new, because I didn't have much self-doubt in our first endeavor, it really changed the way that I operated. And I hadn't felt like that ever in those three years, like ever in my life. I, I, there was times when I was younger where I had like self-doubt and I was like unsure of myself, but I just always had this thought in my head of like, no, I'm, 
I, I really had this thought of like, I can, I can really do anything. Especially coming out of selling TLN yeah. and what we did at Whistle Sports. I don't think either of us, when we first stepped into this new company with Colin and Samir, ever thought there would be a situation where we would really doubt ourselves as much as we probably did. I felt very beaten down by October of 2019. But when I knew that it was ending, I think that was the time where I was like, I couldn't live with the fact that we spent three and a half years and that you and I didn't succeed. I couldn't live with that. I remember that feeling of just like, wow, is that real? Like that really didn't happen. And in that moment when we were exploring the Posner thing, I think we both put so much into that development. Like that was one of our best pitches ever. It was just like we knew it was it was all or nothing at that point. And I remember yeah. feeling a sense of life when we made that pitch and remembering like, wait, this is why we left that company together as a unit to be like, we are, there is something collaborative between us that we feel is that good that we took a huge risk and left our jobs to just say we're really good at doing stuff together <laughs> yeah that's all we said yeah and i remember feeling so kind of charged up in, and i'm glad you recorded it because i think i would forget a lot about that as a turning point and when we were in uh when i was in india we also got emails from a couple different companies who wanted to work with us. One of them being this company, Wistia, who was, I remember reading the email in a hotel in India and being like, whoa, this could be a real opportunity, which it did turn into. Yeah. Um, and starting to recognize like, whoa, momentum's picking up. And then in January, when we got the Samsung deal, the second we got the Samsung contract, there was something that happened inside of me where I, I was finally at peace with Colin and Smear. Because of the sense of achievement? Yes. Because I was like, oh, it wasn't, a, we didn't completely do fail. fail. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, no, we did build something that has commercial value. People believe in People us. People believe in us. And that yeah. was a huge moment for TLN when Whistle Sports believed exactly. in us. But again, when that but happened. When that happened with Whistle Sports, no matter what. I think our belief in TLN, even though it was starting to get shaken at that time, we still knew that was, we were doing something of value. Yeah. Um, I think with Colin and Samir at that point, we weren't totally sure yes. we had done anything of value, which is a tough way to look back at the last three and a half years. Yeah. And of course there's value in the experiences that you and I have had together. There's no doubt in the, th like the three and a half years leading up to Samsung and Storyblocks. Um, but we definitely pride ourselves on our ability to build businesses, I think, specifically yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and that's what was truly shaken. Mm-hmm. And, and both instances, both when Whistle Sports bought our, our first company and in this instance, that's when you're finally able to switch on. That's actually, like, there was an overwhelming element of it because I think we were both so burnt out and so ready to just, be done being decision makers and be done, you know, running our own ship that when we did get these deals, there was both a sense of accomplishment as well as a sense of, Oh boy, when something like that happens, you're at zero and you have to take it to one now. 
And that, after years and years of being at zero and never making it anywhere, recognizing that finally you're at the starting line, you've worked three and a half, four years to just get to the starting line of the race, is so overwhelming, but also exciting at the same time. Um, and strangely enough, I think quarantine really helped us like two months later be able to focus and, and find our voice and find ourselves. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting part about quarantine that you could have never obviously expected or imagined. Right. Uh, had no idea that that was going to play a role in how we operate, but completely it took everything else out of the equation. It finally just went, everything else is off the table. All you have to do now is figure out you have certain projects that you have to accomplish, which is forcing you to make the product. And then in between that, you want to keep the train moving. So you have to figure out how to do that. And then I think from March to right now has been the most growth as storytellers we've ever experienced in our career. And specifically, I think in the last two months, the last 60 days of storytelling has been some of our big, our most growth as creators as entrepreneurs. Yeah, I, I always find it fascinating how much YouTube plays a role in our development as storytellers. When you're storytelling for the algorithm, which is really just for what people want, it can make you a better storyteller. I think it's so interesting. And you can take what you've learned on YouTube, your advancements in storytelling that are clearly showing up in data and metrics, and apply them to so many other different types of parts of the business. You yeah. know, understanding, mm -hmm. making sure your message is really clear, your, how to keep people engaged until the end, whether it's a YouTube video or a pitch meeting. Yeah. Like there are just so many things I've realized that as we level up on YouTube, uh, are skills that you can apply so many places. That's a really good alley-oop, Colin. Ah. Our course, YouTube Storytelling, is available now. <laughs> For pre-sale, this is not a read. I just I didn't thought do that, that. I didn't do you that. You didn't do that intentionally. No, I didn't. That was that, amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't have that skill set. You yeah. have that skill yeah. set <laughs> to intentionally all of a sudden. Yeah, I and was like, that brings wow. us. Yeah, that was, to our first online storytelling. Th that course. was incredible. Yeah. But we have um, put all of that stuff that Colin just talked about about things that we've learned about storytelling for YouTube and storytelling for the algorithm that is YouTube for the community for the constraints that is YouTube, um, and put that into a course. We partnered with Moment on it. We've talked about it on this podcast before. We, we took a lot of insight and information from all of you guys in the audience. We, we had people reach out, which was amazing. People give us feedback. People send us courses that they like, don't like. Um, and that has led us to creating um, a course. And it's available right now for pre-sale, which means that for the next two weeks, uh, it's available at a reduced price of 75 bucks. It's going to be $99 when it's available on July 29th. Uh, and that's when it'll be available for viewing if you do buy it on pre-sale right now. But here's the exciting thing, Colin. There's more. I texted the guys at Moment and said, could we give a uh, code to our podcast audience? And the reason I did that is because I feel like this audience has been so invested in the course um, you guys have really helped us make the course. Like, like I mentioned, you guys gave us feedback. Uh, you were so involved in this process. And we tell so many stories here that we don't tell anywhere else. Yeah, this is such an intimate conversation. Like this, this audience, this group, um, this conversation that we get to have here is, I think, both a form of 
you know, therapy for Colin and I, especially now, I think that things are so intense. Like we have to be creating so much during the days and moving so much. This is a time for us to sit back and reflect and talk and think about, you know, the past years, past week, past month. Um, but also it's this amazing feedback loop. Like the type of messages we get from all of you are different from any other messages we yeah. get. It's, it's a very intimate relationship. And I think, I hope one day we can do a live podcast somewhere where we can sit and actually just talk to everyone there. That would be amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite things is when uh, I'll see one of you comment on our YouTube video Mm -hmm. and you'll bring something up about the podcast. Yeah. It's the best. So we want to keep doing special things for, for our podcast audience and for all of, all of you who are listening. So the code to get an extra 10% off the course is all lowercase tell better stories. Do I need to spell that out? I'll just put it in the description. I'll put it in the description of this podcast. Maybe maybe we just tweet it out, like just lowercase, tell better stories. And for the people who are listening to this podcast, you'll know that They'll that's, know that that's, that, that's that the means. discount code. Like for that. everyone else, it'll just be like, oh yeah, cool. Colin and Samira saying tell, tell better stories. Story. But we'll know who the podcast audience is because you guys will comment some cool emoji on that tweet or something. Um, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. So yeah, so that's, Something that we worked on um, and have been working on for a while and are still working on is the course. Um, it'll be available again July 29th. It's on shopmoment.com. Right now, if you if you go when you listen to this, I think we're still the homepage, uh, but we're recording this on a Saturday and this is going to come out Monday, so not positive. But if not, you can go to the lessons page, find us there. Um, it's an exciting course. We go through all types of different things that don't require you to pick up a camera but just require you to workshop, think of an idea and think through how you can craft that idea into a story that people want to watch and people want to share. I think by the time you get to the end of our course, you'll be ready to explode. You'll be so excited to pick up a camera and start. I actually hope that there are some people who go through the process uh, of actually workshopping a video and then making that video maybe during the course, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think that is that that is a really valuable thing, or refer back to it um, as they're making videos. Because I think that that's the fun part. Um, we're also for people who are buying the course, going to select a couple people to do one-on-one Zoom sessions with, uh, which is the most fun. We've done that with our Weekend Film Fest community. Um, so, yeah, definitely check it out. It's the first time we've ever done it. Um, you know, and, and if you use that code, you'll get an extra 10% off. And again, right now it's pre-sale, which is cool. So check it out. If you don't want to check it out, don't, don't check it out. Just keep watching our YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. So what's next for us? We have four more months of this year. That's crazy. We have four more months. Wow. Four and a half, but four Four more months. Four and a half. What's next? Obviously, the course is still, I consider that to still be next, even mm-hmm. though it's happening right now. It's, yeah. you know, that's going to be a whole process of when it comes out and doing a lot of different unique promotion for it, which I think I'm really excited about. Uh, after that, merchandise. Yeah, that, it's interesting. All this stuff is super exciting for me, but I think I mentioned this yesterday. Like, the only thing on my mind right now, of course, we have the course and, 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 uh, some other projects that we're working on in the background. Only thing on my mind right now is driving 
our process of making content because I feel so excited about the fact that finally I feel really comfortable on our channel. I feel really comfortable with the ideas we're coming up with. And I, all I want is to get more content out. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the driver of any business that has to do with YouTube is putting it, pressing publish. I think 2019, our mantra was focus on YouTube. Yeah. And I don't know if we fully did. No, we, I mean, I know we didn't. I know we didn't. I know not. we didn't. Yeah. Right. But we also didn't have a scenario where YouTube was paying us. Yeah. Like there was no scenario where we could focus on YouTube. So now I think 2020's mantra is focus on YouTube and we're starting to see a tangible difference in what's going on. So, yeah, I, I'll say this. We're going to keep working on our ideas and a lot of our ideas and, and, and how we think and how we uh, operate is based on the feedback that we get from all of you. Um, we just uh, we just are so incredibly grateful for the 13,000 new people and even more grateful for the thousands of you who've been there since we first started uploading to this channel. Speaking of that, I want to give a specific shout out to, I'm just scrolling Twitter right now and I just saw this, hmm. Jesse James West who... Uh, is a fitness creator on YouTube. Yeah. Also was one of the original fans of our first company, of the first YouTube channel, the Lacrosse Network. Uh, you know, he was a young, maybe middle schooler when he was watching us eight years ago. Now he's in college. His YouTube channel has been taking off. And I just saw on Twitter that he got a share from Men's Health Magazine, one of his videos where he does wow. Zach Efron's uh, workout routine for 24 hours. His channel has been blowing up. If you're into fitness uh, or if you just want to go check it out, he's an amazing creator, does some of the best intros to a video I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and just great. speaking of someone who's been with us really since the beginning uh, and who we're just extremely grateful to, you know, have as a part of our community and it's super fun to see him grow. So. All right. Um, best thing you've watched this week. Best thing I have watched this week um i watched very recently actually a documentary about education in america it's called most likely to succeed and it is phenomenal highly recommend it it's just totally opened my eyes to some of the problems that the current education system has and the way that we teach kids you know how the curriculum was started uh, put in place back in the early 1800s uh, because it had the goal of taking you know an agricultural workforce and making them suitable for factories and you think about that was the mindset behind our educational system and it's still in place today like a lot of what the curriculum was so i could probably talk for hours about it but most likely to succeed documentary you can uh check it out on youtube you have to pay for it right now for some mm. reason they, they didn't want to go with netflix i like looked very much into it hmm. uh, so it's not on netflix it's not on any streaming platform but you can just search youtube or amazon and pay i think it's 2.99 Huh. Really, really good though. Most likely to succeed. I just watched Palm Springs. How was it? Andy Samberg movie. Uh, one of our good friends uh, out here in LA represents the the director of that film, so he told me to watch it. And uh, not what I expected at all, but pretty interesting. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what to take from that. You know? I don't know. I'm so used to watching like I mean YouTube videos now that like watching a. a hour 20 movie that's all like it has to be really dynamic and, and i liked it katie my fiance loves watching movies so and i grew up love watch, loving watching movies but my attention span is way different now it's actually talking to um 
Mr. Beast, uh, Jimmy Donaldson, about like just how different the storytelling format is for Hollywood versus YouTube. Like the way that creators understand a hook, like how to hook someone's attention, how to keep their attention. Like we have to play all these, like we have to think of all these things to keep your attention for 50, you know, 60% of our video where Hollywood, I think, just assumes you're there. You're there for 100%, which is kind of the assumption when you watch a movie. It feels uncomfortable to not finish it. But uh, it's an interesting thing that Hollywood, I don't think Hollywood directors are constantly looking at data of like, at what point are people dropping off in my film? Maybe they are. Yeah, I but don't even know if they have that data. I don't think they at have scale, that. Scale, right? You don't. No, not at scale. Not in like a movie theater. You, you don't, don't have someone like looked at their phone or like walked out. We get all this data of where are people dropping off. Okay, another. This is a. Fa I know this is a great yeah, conversation okay. about data in yeah. you know Hollywood versus YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But I just started kind of giggling because another video I watched was checking in with the hype house. Again I watched that too with Cody. Cody Co. Co. Great video. Yeah, so funny. Fantastic. Fascinated by all these young I TikTok to, creators. I listened to that um, guy from Hollywood Life on Impulsive Logan Paul's podcast. The whole paparazzi world is. This is another conversation, but it's so strange to me. It's really strange. Yeah, the fact that paparazzi just sit outside these young TikTokers' homes and ask yeah. them questions about their dating life, and that like the only thing that converts into viewership right now is tiktokers like those tiktokers yeah they're they're everything right now wild um all right well thanks for listening and we uh will be back here i know we haven't been uploading as many podcasts as we have before we're actually in the process right now of building out our new studio which i'm sure you've seen if you checked out our instagram or our youtube um, and we're building a podcast studio into that space that uh, is really exciting, but it's going to take a while. And while we're working on our YouTube videos and while we're working on building out our space, uh, we might be not as frequent here, but we're going to try and be as frequent as possible. Because um, again, this is, this is an amazing conversation. It's such a tight-knit community, and uh, we'd like to, to interact with all of you as much as possible and continue having these conversations. So um, we'll be back here hopefully next week. If not, check out our YouTube. We have some really exciting videos coming out. Um, and we're really just getting into our groove as creators. Uh, and it's, it's fun for us, and I hope it's fun to watch. Uh, if you want to check out our course, check out our course. Otherwise, we'll see you around. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, as well as in the episode, our online storytelling course is available for pre-sale. So what that means is if you buy it now, it's at a discounted price. And if you use the code that's specific to this podcast, which is tell better stories, all lowercase, all one word, it'll be even more discounted. If you buy it between right now and July 29th, you are going to have to wait until July 29th to watch it, but you will get it for a discounted price. So if you're interested in the course right now is a pretty good time to buy it. So as we mentioned, we're working on a bunch of new episodes for YouTube. We're working on setting up our studio and we are setting up a podcasting set in our new studio, which is going to mean that we're going to be able to put out more podcasts, which is really exciting. But for the time being, we just might be a little infrequent here until we get everything set up. And lastly, we want to thank all of you because this is all truly a team effort. A lot of it comes from us creating content, but most of it comes from you guys watching, supporting and sharing. So we really appreciate you guys so much, more than you can really imagine.